is the Animals Voice podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. Here's the host of Animals Voice, Jamie West. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Animals Voice podcast on OSPCA Radio. Great show on the way. Don't forget to text OSPCA to 45678 to make a $5 donation to the Ontario SPCA. Later, we'll tell you about the Welland and District SPCA and their new spay-neuter program. But right off the top, let's get educated on exactly what spaying and neutering is, how it affects the animal, and what the benefits are of having your pet fixed. Our guest is Dr. Magdalena Smirdell. She is the Acting Chief Veterinary Officer of the Ontario SPCA. Welcome to the Animal's Voice Podcast. Hi, thank you. Magdalena, what are the benefits to having your pet spayed or neutered? Well, one of the greatest benefits is that you have no unwanted pregnancies, and um, also we get health benefits depending on whether it's a male or a female. We can go into that more if you like. We also have behavioral um, issues that can be addressed, so the animal might be calmer. It won't be so prone to running away to find a mate. Um, you won't have uh, various issues like aggression, territorial aggression, uh, the smell of urine. There's a lot of uh, advantages there as well. And, um, and also on a broader perspective, from a shelter point of view, um, it also contributes to our goal of having less homeless animals and less unnecessary euthanasias. Are there any potential complications associated with spaying and neutering? Generally speaking, not really. Um, I mean, I can say that there's always some complication potential when you have anesthesia um, because you're, you're basically putting the animals to, to a very deep level of sleep. And, um, and you can run into issues with bleeding and so forth. But these are all very, very, um, very rare. And those are the things that can happen with any surgery, not just with spaying or neutering. What are the age and health requirements that need to be considered? Well, ideally, we have a healthy animal. And so um, definitely if, if a person were thinking about doing this for an older animal, say five or six years and older, um, those kitties and dogs would run into uh, potential uh, complications if they have anything going on with their heart, their lungs, their kidneys or liver. So usually just a, a minor little screen, a blood screen, just to see if any of those issues are showing up can allow for anesthetic protocols to be adjusted to make it as safe as possible for that pet. Um, ideally, we like to see them younger than six months, actually. Six months has been always uh, what everybody talks about, and we're trying to aim for younger, um, even three and four months old, because to be quite honest, we're seeing animals, uh, particularly kitty cats, um, in heat as early as three and four months. Wow. So if we're waiting, yeah, so if we're waiting until six months, we could already have a litter on its way. Is that something new? Is there something in the water? What's going on there? <laughs> I can't say for sure, um, but it, it is something that we're noticing in our spay-neuter clinics as we try to address younger animals. We are seeing that uh, heat signs are coming earlier. And, um, and I think also that we just weren't as aware. And um, with younger animals and better, if the animals have better nutrition, then there's a chance that uh, they develop earlier than, say, um, a street kitten. I can't say for sure, though, what would be contributing to that. 
Does a pet need to be vaccinated prior to the surgery? Most clinics would like to have that happen because that way the animal comes into the clinic and it already has some level of protection. Um, And so I would say that it is highly recommended, um, but you can still get the vaccine at time of surgery and it will still have some, uh, it will still have effect. And then you'll need to get the boosters afterwards. But as I said, ideally, we like to see those vaccines done first. In terms of the surgery itself and and the incision, uh, where is that incision made on female animals and where is it made on male animals? Well, um, on the female animal, uh, in both the case of the dog and the cat, the incision is done below the belly button, um, a little closer to the belly button on the dogs, and on the cats, sort of halfway between the belly button and where the pelvic rim is, or the hips. And so what happens there is that the incision, um, for instance, done in our our spay-neuter clinics, um, is usually very tiny. And most clinics are trying to head in that direction so that we're causing as little trauma to that abdominal wall as possible. And, um, And so the incision is smaller and less likely to cause problems down the road with swelling and so forth. What should one expect when they bring their pet home after the surgery? Well, generally speaking, depending on when they go home, um, if the puppy or kitten goes home um, right after, uh, or sorry, the day of the surgery, um, depending on the age, there might not be a whole lot seen with a puppy or kitten because they bounce back super fast. And if it's a little older or a full adult, They might be groggy, they might be a little sensitive, they might be sent home with some post-op meds to be kept comfortable. Really depends, but the young ones bounce back super fast, which is another bonus to having your pet done at six months or less. They just, um, they start eating and um, getting active very quickly. Can my pet be spayed or neutered while they're in heat? We talked about that a moment ago. You you mentioned that uh, you're seeing cats uh, going to heat at uh, three months of age. Uh, Can you do spaying and neutering while they're in heat, or do we have to wait till that passes? In the case of uh, very, very young animals, um, if they're in heat, because the um, organs aren't so developed, it's not such an issue. You won't see a lot of swelling and bleeding uh, the way you might if you've got an adult cat or dog. So generally, if a, if a uh, patient is known to already be in heat, we would highly recommend to the owners maybe just wait a few weeks. But um, it certainly wouldn't be a reason to turn the animal away. It just can potentially increase the risks a little bit more. Should I be limiting my pet's activity after the surgery? Absolutely. We try to recommend that dogs get leash walked um, and uh, kept quiet for we like to say a good uh, two weeks. We used to say 10 days. Um, you know, you can still see suture reactions and uh, a trauma happening from dogs in a dog park, say, going off leash right. and getting active. And certainly kitty cats like to jump a lot, jumping up, jumping down. So those activities can cause a little bit of trauma and a swelling. So we like to say that, uh, you know, give them rest for two weeks. A little hard to keep cats off counters, but yeah. you can certainly walk your dog on a leash and not let them run into puddles and things like that, or have heavy-duty playdates. Sounds like good advice. Should I <laughs> should I be following up with my veterinarian after the surgery? 
Well, if the surgery has gone well, a lot of veterinarians are not using skin sutures, so you wouldn't need to go back to get a suture removal done, say, at 10 days. That used to be traditional. Um, some still do, so you may go back just to have that checkup and the suture removed. Generally speaking, um, if you have any concerns with the pet, uh, any swelling, anything that you are concerned about that doesn't look normal, um, the the pet isn't going back to its normal behaviors and and hunger patterns and, and loving their food and so forth, uh, then you'd probably want your pet to be checked. But I don't think that it has to be a routine thing. That would be something agreed with your own veterinarian. Okay. Are there some pets that are, are not recommended to be spayed or neutered, Magdalena? Uh, yes. Generally speaking, um, I wouldn't necessarily say to not do it, but they just might need a bit more, uh, um, what would I call it, screening, I guess, in terms of, as I said already, a geriatric. If we know that an animal has a seizures or has some particular issue already, like a heart murmur, things like that, we might want more information about those uh, conditions before we put them um, under anesthetic or subject them to the medications that we're using. Again, we have really safe protocols available and we can tailor our drugs to the particular case so that we might be using an anesthetic protocol that isn't so difficult for um, liver to process. Um, and we may use uh, a particular protocol of fluid management so that the animal um, isn't so stressed on their, their heart. So um, the more information we have ahead of time, the better for any animals that have a pre-existing condition or the older animals. Where can people get their pets spayed or neutered typically? Every vet clinic that is a fully functioning um, vet hospital can provide that service. And so whether they go to a spay-neuter clinic or whether they go to a private clinic that um, has a fully functional hospital, anyone that has a, an accredited surgical suite can do this for uh, a client. Okay. And again, uh, spaying and neutering is, is really important for, for a whole lot of reasons. It absolutely is. It's one of the most important things that we talk about in terms of preventive care. Dr. Magdalena Smerdell, thank you so much for your time and the insight into spaying and neutering. Really appreciate this. Great. Well, I appreciate the time uh, having a chance to talk to you, and this was really fun. We'll do it again. All the best to you. Okay. Best to you, too. Take care. There's Dr. Magdalena Smerdell. She's the Acting Chief Veterinary Officer of the Ontario SPCA. The Ontario SPCA is made up of 50 SPCA and Humane Society communities across the province. Check out our website, ontariospca.ca, for a complete list of communities and how you can support the great work they do on behalf of the animals we all love. You're listening to the Animals Voice Podcast, spelled P-A-W, don't you know, on OSPCA Radio. They're celebrating in Welland at the Welland and District SPCA because they've recently started a new spay and neuter program that's helping the community and animal welfare in general. Joining me to talk about this important program is John Greer, Executive Director of the Welland and District SPCA. Welcome to the podcast, John. 
Thank you very much, Jamie. John, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been working in animal welfare? Sure. Uh, I've been in animal welfare for 12 years now, uh, actually 11 of those years as an Ontario SPCA agent, and the last year and a half as the executive director here at the Welland District SPCA. Terrific. Can you tell us a bit about uh, the Welland and District Humane Society's new spay-neuter campaign? Yeah, we're, we're really, really excited about it. Uh, we serve six municipalities, so we have a very large geographical base. Uh, we take in all of Haldeman County and, of course, Welland and Pelham and surrounding areas. Uh, and we, you know, we, we just really want to serve the community the best we can, and we feel that the spay-neuter clinic will, will really help out in our community. What's unique about this new clinic, John? Uh, the uniqueness of the clinic, I believe, is going to be that we'll work closely with the feral groups, uh, to provide, and we're going to provide people with the best intentions but little means that probably their animals may never have seen a vet or would see a vet, and we hope that with our clinic and being low cost that uh, a lot of animals that maybe would never get a chance to see a vet or be, in fact, spay-neutered uh, will get that opportunity. John, do I need an appointment, or can people just bring their pets into the clinic? It's all, it's all done through appointment. It would be booked through our reception uh, on an appointment basis, uh, but uh, because of it being a spay-neuter, uh, we would do it on a day-to-day basis. If, of course, it was ever an animal emergency where people would need to come in, then if we had a vet available, we would certainly uh, avail out those services to them. Uh, John, what's the high-volume, self-sustaining model that's used at the clinic all about? Uh, high volume basically just means that we would do a high volume of animals, probably 25 to 40 surgeries per day, uh, based on, you know, usually low income, uh, the different feral groups. And what we would hope is self-sustaining. What that actually means is once the clinic's up and running, it would be actually self-sustaining based on the surgeries that we could do. It would actually support itself. That sounds great. How, how does this model different from other ones? Uh, from, from different ones, it would be more of a profit-based organization that would be looking, you know, we're not, not for profit, so obviously uh, we look at, at that end of it. And like I say, the high volume will reach out to the community for those people that just basically can't afford that services. Right. What, what's the model based on? It's based on the Humane Alliance uh, model out of the United States. Uh, they're quite successful and have opened quite a few clinics. And actually, with our uh, branches in Newmarket and Barrie, uh, that's what that model is based on. And that's actually where the high-volume uh, self-sustaining model actually stems from. How much of the operating costs come from donations? Uh, there would be none from our donations. Our donations would still go into the regular funds because uh, once the clinic uh, will do a capital campaign, once the funds are raised, then, like I say, once it becomes self-sustaining, uh, the clinic itself will just pay for itself and all the costs associated with it. John, how will this clinic help the Welland and District Humane Society and the work that you do there? Uh, it'll, it'll be a great benefit to all of our surrounding communities and even uh, people outside of the community if, if they decide to make that drive. Uh, basically, we do in the Niagara region here, we do have a, a very large uh, over uh, cat population and a lot of rural areas that we service. So if we can get to those groups, I think where the, the community will see the most benefit is we will reduce that overpopulation and reduce like nuisance calls for people. And also we're going to provide, like I say, that service to, to those members of our communities that, that just can't afford it. What can the community do to help this new spay-neuter campaign? 
we well, we've actually we would love to see the community get behind us. I mean, any fundraisers they can do, any donations they can make towards it to raise the actual funds needed to, to get the clinic up and running. Uh, and just once we're open and running, uh, support us in, in that regard and, and maybe think of us uh, if they're thinking of having their animals spayed or neutered. John, is there a website, a place people can get some more information? Yeah, yeah, the Wellington District SPCA website is up and running, and, and there is mention on there of our uh, spay-neuter campaign, yep. Well, congratulations, John. Uh, good luck uh, with the campaign and with the clinic and all the fine work that you're doing uh, and every, that everybody's doing down there in Welland and uh, District. You've got a big area to cover, and you do it very, very well. Really appreciate you taking some time to be with us on the podcast today. I, I appreciate it. All right, John, you take care. You too. There's John Greer, Executive Director of the Welland and District SPCA. Thanks for being with us, and don't forget to check us out on Facebook and send your friends the link to our website, ontariospca.ca. And thanks for texting OSPCA to 45678 and making that $5 donation. The Animal's Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. For more information and news from our 50 communities, explore our website. And thank you for your kind and continued support. Remember, fix your pet. Find out how easy it is at fixyourpet.ca. It's the kindest thing you can do.